Oh, yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Welcome back to By the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. This is the Corona Cup Season 2, Episode 6. Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. <clears throat> at least that's when I'm sitting down to record this episode. I uh, hope you've been well. Hope everyone you know is well. Hope you've been taking care of each other out there in the world. What a fantastic show we have for you today here on By the Book. I say that having no idea who any of the teams are, but I'm going to just be confident that this is going to be a good show. If this is your first episode of By the Book, welcome aboard. Can't imagine that it would be, but it could be. Uh, we have a 32-page tag team tournament. There are 512 teams involved. We've made it through 10 of those 32 pages, so we are well on our way to the halfway point. Um, the number one teams, number two teams, and number 16 teams for each page have been already decided. Everything else is random. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's an NXT takeover show this evening. I wish I was looking forward to that a little bit more than I am, but that's a different show. So in which case, let's begin. Let's just get right into it here. I think I have everything set. I think I have everything ready to go. There's only one way to find out. Our first matchup on page 11, the team of LAX, Santana and Ortiz, taking on the team of Too Much, this is what Too Cool was before being Too Cool. So this is Brian Christopher. He's wrestled in the Cruiserweight Tournament. Um, we've had the whole gimmick where is he Jerry's kid or not. Scott Taylor, who is not yet Scotty Too Hottie, uh, has made the jump from enhancement talent to featured competitor. They put the two of them together as a team. They were pretty good, but obviously Too Cool caught on fire in a way that too much was never going to. Now, generally speaking, because I can't tell you if I have seen an LAX match featuring Santana or Ortiz, I would normally go for too much because the team I know tends to beat the team I don't know. But in this case, I have heard from enough people, from Brandon Banks and others who have enjoyed LAX's work, uh, I will take their word for it that they are good. They obviously made it to be a number one seed, so I will give them the victory over too much. That's one of the reasons. They would have never made it had it not been uh, for this sort of thing. So now that that's out of the way, let us dive into the randomness. I have 13 names here. The cells are shaded. 
I honestly couldn't tell you um, who or which teams we will get in this, uh, only down to the number two seed. And then we have some more. We're going to do two pages, as we always do. Our first random team is The Big Show and Kane. Well, now, that is quite the tandem. My favorite memory of The Big Show and Kane, since I know you were going to ask, and I'm glad you did. Um, I think, I want to say they're wrestling the Spirit Squad, but that could be completely false. They are taking on somebody, and backstage they're trying to get the advantage, so they lock again. This, this shows you the problem with memory. This is how I think I remember it going. Um, I believe they lock Big Show in a room. So the Big Show like goes into his dressing room. They pull like a forklift or something like that to block the door to keep the Big Show from getting out, to keep Kane from getting in. So they believe they have trapped Big Show in the dressing room. So now they only have to wrestle Kane. Kane is trying to like lift the forklift. He obviously doesn't have a key or something like that. He's trying to get in, and Big Show comes out from off camera, and he's like, what are you doing? You were in the room. And he's like, there's another door. And they both kind of comment on how stupid their opponents were. That is my favorite memory of the Big Show and Kane as a tag team. Outside of that, I really have no solid recollection of them as a duo, but that is the first team. They are taking on... Shinzaro. Ooh. That is tough. Now, this is a more recent team. This is the team of Shinsuke and Cesaro, former, if I believe, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions until relatively recently. If my memory is right, and we know that's not always the case, what a match that would be. Big Show and Kane versus Shinsuke and Cesaro. Cesaro's strong enough to probably lift the Big Show a couple of times if we go back to that Big Show. Um, you've got the King of Strong Style and Shinsuke, who's able to take them down with strikes. That would be a really fun match. It is tricky to decide who should win, though. This is a rough one, especially since the winner of this takes on uh, LAX, who I don't know. So someone, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, someone is going to have to record some sort of audio to tell me why LAX should win. Otherwise, they're not gonna. Um, I I think I have to go with, uh, it, it's probably recency bias if I even have that term right. I think I gotta go with Shinsuke and Cesaro. Um, over the Big Show and Kane, only because I don't remember a match that Big Show and Kane were in. I'm assuming they were tag champions at some point, but it's just I don't have it in my memory. So I'm going with uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro pull off the upset over the two giants. Next up, uh, Pav, uh, wherever you are, I hope you are well. I hope you are happy. This is your team, the team of Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. I was trying to find 512 teams that fit a certain criteria. I've explained that in previous episodes. I couldn't. This was a team that was on my mind. Uh, Pav, friend of the show, ups and downs and trials and tribulations, friend of the show. Um, he was a big Tino Sabatelli guy. So Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli taking on oh, rough... Rough draw for them. Uh, the team of Naito and Takahashi. Now, this is Daryl's Takahashi, I believe. Uh, yeah, there's no way 
uh, Moss and Sabatelli were going to beat that team of LIJ. I say with a slight question mark because I'm really not very well. I should I should cancel my New Japan World subscription. It's not that expensive, but I'm not watching at all. I'm not watching much wrestling, period. That is the last one I'm watching. So I should cancel it. But either way, Naito and Takahashi get the win. They advance. Moss and Sabatelli go to the Constellations, which, as we all know, are on the back page of this. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to be singing this theme song all day. American males. American males. American males. American males. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scott D. Riggs. I was going to call him Scotty Anton because that's his name in ECW. I also think his actual real name, but that's his name in ECW, which is what I was currently watching the last time I was on my 2000 quest. Um, this is, I, I would venture a guess, this is what gave either Marcus himself or whomever was in the WCW brain trust the idea of Buff Bagwell, was Marcus in the American Males. After being with Two Cold Scorpio and the Patriot and who knows how many other teams, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, blue chip prospect, finally gets a chance to shine with Scotty Riggs in this kind of weird Chippendales-ish, but baby faces sort of tag team. Um, I think that would lead to Buff, Wag Buff Bagwell uh, for all the pros and cons that come with that. So Scotty and Marcus are taking on Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel. Now, I got to tell you, that would be an incredible match. There's a lot of talent in those four folks. Um, Slater and Gabriel, lost years, fully admit. Not sure I ever watched them as a team, but I've seen them both. Slater's pretty talented. Justin Gabriel, who is now the Dare Wolf, which is still incredibly dumb name. Uh, but American males, American males, they're winning. Shout out to Shannon. I know you're not listening, but shout out to you. Uh, the American males are going to defeat Slater and Gabriel and advance in our tournament good for the american males next up oh from the same era i loved this team so much fire and ice scott flash norton ice train they were great two hosses two big guys one in a redded ish outfit one in a blue outfit um just two big powerhouses loved that team big fan of fire and ice taking on <laughs> generation me what a great day it is. What a fantastic day. Uh, Generation Me, if you listen to the the DDT Wrestling Experience, you know who Generation Me is. It's the Young Bucks in their TNA day before becoming the Young Bucks. They were Generation Me. We tend to call them Generation Me because we, Doc and I know them as Generation Me. We watched Impact. Uh, we don't know the Young Bucks. Um I was sorely tempted to leave the Young Bucks out and have them only be Generation Me. Obviously, I couldn't do that. But what I can do is give Fire and Ice the win. You bet your bippy I am giving Fire and Ice the win over Generation Me. Sorry, Max and Jeremy Buck. Why did I put a slash? Me. Generation Me. All right. <clears throat> Fire and Ice gets the win. So Fire and Ice and the American Males are in this bracket. It's a good bracket. 
next up. Ooh, again, we're 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 big in the '90s here. Um, before they were five second posing, before they reunited at the 2021 Royal Rumble, they were part of the Brood, Edge and Christian with Gangrel. Uh, part of the Brood, Christian just dressing like gangrel edge with the long coat that i was i was sure was going to catch on fire every time he stepped out of gangrel's fiery entrance one of the best entrances ever by the way uh you could tell there was talent there i loved gangrel i wish he had done more he was i do think he was really talented but either way edging christian early early edging christian taking on oh this is hard the hurricane and rosie Oh, oh, this is mean. This is this is harder than Big Show and Kane versus Shinzaro. Edge and Christian is part of the brood. We're very, very good. But Hurricane and Rosie, what a fantastic team. You had the matchup of, you know, I love a team that has a big guy and a small guy. I think that's always really compelling. Um, the superhero gimmick was great. Rosie was killing it after being in three-minute warning to do this goofy stuff as part of the superhero team. You throw Mighty Molly in. Yeah, they have to win. They do. Uh, luckily, Edge and Christian will appear elsewhere in this um, tournament. Hey, by the time this tournament's over, they might be tag team champions in the WWE in the current day. Like, I could throw them in last minute. Uh, yeah. But Hurricane and Rosie have to win that. that. That was a great team. And we get the fun of having in the Constellations Generation Me taking on the Broods, Edge and Christian. What a fantastic two all-time great tag teams going with the common theme that the Young Bucks are good. I don't believe it, but most people do. Um, that's really fun. That's a great matchup. All right. We have... a. Uh, Three more teams to get through on this page. We'll do another page before we say our goodbyes. Next up, we have the Harris Brothers. Oh, the Harris Brothers. They could have been in this tournament a dozen times. There were so many different iterations of Ron and Don Harris. If you remember the Blue Brothers, if you remember Skulls and Eight Ball from the Disciples of Apocalypse, uh, goodness, they were standards and practices. They made it to TNA in the later days, or at least in the early days of TNA. Um, I know one of them was the head of security. They had a lot of different gimmicks, the Harris brothers. Tall guys, decent guys, never really found a fit anywhere. They were always henchmen, um, and not even like top-tier henchmen. These were like first-level henchmen taking on the Vaude villains. I loved the Vaude villains. That thing with blue pants might be one of my favorite moments in NXT history, period. Um, another example of a team that should have stayed in NXT. They made it to the main roster, and there was nothing that a casual wrestling fan was going to get out of the Vaudevillains. The Vaudevillains were meant for a niche group, niche, niche, whatever, <clears throat> niche group of wrestling fans, the hardcore fans, the small arena full-sale fans, they were going to get over with that audience that was then going to get them over with the people who were watching NXT at that time. You throw them in an, a main arena with a ton of fans, it wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work, um, which is a shame because I liked Simon Gotch. He left. I, 
you know, I feel like he was supposed to qualify for the bad guy rule, but I can't remember if he ever actually did or he was just a dink. He might just qualify for the dink rule. Aiden English managed uh, to move on to Rusev Day. He had a career. I still think he made a darn good announcer. He should have still been employed with the WWE as an announcer. He did a very nice job with that. Uh, yeah, the Vaude Villains are winning this. But, uh, yeah, it's just an example of there are some people, there are some teams and talents uh, that aren't going to translate to a major audience. And this is how I kind of feel about NXT today. I firmly do believe that Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era will get over with a mainstream crowd. Yes, they're all smaller than what you would ideally like to see, but they're going to get over. I'm less convinced about Tommaso Ciampa. I'd like to believe it because I love Tommaso Ciampa. And this is the reason why Johnny Gargano should never go to the main roster. He's... I. <clears throat> I'm stating this. It is 3.20 p.m. on Valentine's Day 2021. That is the time and place in which I am saying I don't think Johnny Gargano would ever get over uh, on a mainstream Raw or SmackDown audience. I don't think it's going to happen. I understand he's a fantastic babyface, <clears throat> but he's bland. I, I don't see it. He has a better chance now that he's the heel, but... I. Again, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that somebody comes back and rubs this moment in my face when I say Johnny Gargano has already peaked in NXT and is on his way down. And I don't think he's going to get over on the main roster. It's just my thoughts. All right. Vaude Villains get the win over the Harris Boys. Our final team, which will be taking on Dem Boys, the Briscoe Brothers, the Insiders. What a matchup. Uh, the Insiders, WCW, we had the Outsiders. Then Kevin Nash and DDP became the Insiders. I don't remember why. Were they heels and they had like the boss's ear? Was that it? Were they with Russo or Flair at this point? Were they the bosses themselves? I really don't remember. Um, but they were a team. I do remember that. They were okay. I'm giving the win to the Briscoes. But... You know, the the insiders were were not bad. And them taking on the uh, Harris brothers is kind of fun, too. All right. So uh, reviewing our round two matchups for page 11 of this, we have LAX versus Shinsuke and Cesaro. Once again, I'm going to say if someone, Brandon, would like to tell me why, Brandon, LAX should beat Shinsaro, Brandon, you better do it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. You have your homework assignment. Um, Naito and Takahashi versus the American Males. That's fun. Fire and Ice versus the Hurricane and Rosie. That's fun. You know there's going to be a spot where the Hurricane's going to try to choke slam Norton and Ice Train, and they're just going to beat the crap out of him, and that's going to be hilarious. Uh, and then the Vaudevillains versus the Briscoes, which would have been great in Ring of Honor. Like, I understand that Aiden English lasted in WWE longer, but if they had been released at the same time and could have gone to a place like Ring of Honor where that gimmick would have worked, that gimmick totally works in Ring of Honor still. All right. Round two looks good on page 11. Let's move on to page 12, our first matchup here. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the WWF version of the Dudleys, who I maintain is the best version of the Dudleys, not ECW, not TNA, not... Any of that. The WWF version. Mwah. 
Chef's Kiss. Perfect. Taking on the boys. And by that I mean uh, Brendan and Brent. Brandon and Brent. Dalton Castle's boys. The two guys who are his um, chair and his ring steps and all of that. Again, I needed 512 teams. Okay? I I was desperate. Uh, The Dudleys just run over the boys. Tables are involved. Uh, it's, It's a nightmare. But it's an entertaining nightmare. All right, back into the randomness. The killer bees. Oh, the killer bees. Masked or unmasked. I did enjoy the killer bees. B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. Um, kind of a ridiculous gimmick. But I will say, for me, I think the very first example of twin magic that I ever saw was the killer bees with their mask. I think that's accurate. I think I watched some pay-per-view, probably a Survivor Series. Uh, I'm watching it, Coliseum video, sitting on the floor of my grandmother's home, which was a trailer. She lived in a trailer park, didn't register with me that that was weird. Um, Sitting on the floor of her house, had gone to the local uh, video store in Brandon, Vermont, gotten the video, taken it home. I, I want to say it's the Survivor Series. I want to say it's one of those 10-team or the five-team matches where the ring was just surrounded. The Killer Bees are not wrestling with masks, but they put them on for the twin magic and steal a win over one of the heel teams. And I thought that was amazing and hilarious, and I couldn't believe that such wonderful writing and storytelling existed. And then the Bellas ruined it. But still. Uh, first example of Twin Magic. So I do like the Killer Bees, and they are taking on... Oh, oh. <laughs> having said all that, uh, Mortis and Wrath. WCW. Glacier comes out. Sub-Zero comes out. And they need to... They're leaning into this. Maybe they're trying to appeal to kids. Glacier really seems more like a WWF gimmick. 95, 96 sort of thing. But they have Glacier. Which was awesome. As a kid, he totally worked for me. And then you bring out Mortis. I had no idea who Chris Canyon was. So Mortis was brand new to me, doing moves I'd never seen before. The flatliner, first time I'd ever seen uh, that sort of reverse Russian leg sweep thing, which was great until it was just buried in the ground by overuse. And then you bring in Wrath, who is Adam Bomb, who I loved, who now jumps ship and is Wrath. Ugh. My little teenage brain was in heaven. I loved Mortis and Wrath. So while it's possible that the Killer Bees are a more meaningful tag team for reasons, I guess I don't think they want any titles or anything. I got to go with Mortis and Wrath. As much as I enjoyed the twin magic, uh, we will send the Bees to take on the boys, the boys and the Bees, uh, but Mortis and Wrath advance. Love that team. Next up, Hitting the microphone. Always something I got to do. We stay with WCW, but we jump ahead a couple years to get to the Misfits in Action. Now, which Misfits in Action? I don't know. I don't think uh, we're talking about Hugh G-Rection, the general, Hugh Morris. I don't think we're talking about them. Um, I don't think we're talking about Hammer. I don't think we're talking about Sergeant AWOL or Major Guns. I think we're talking about Chavo and Lash LaRue. I want to say that's the team that won the title. I'm looking right here. 
Cur- yep, I was right. Corporal Cajun, that's Lash LaRue, Lieutenant Loco. Um, I'm on the website. I'm trying to figure out. Bischoff berated a crew of wrestlers for not helping the new blood get rid of the Millionaire's Club. They saved Booker T. Hello, GI Bro. And then, okay, so there's not necessarily, oh, they get fired and they come back under new names. All right. It was, you know, Hugh Morris was talented. There was no denying that. Chavo Guerrero, the very first number one wrestler in the world on the list. Uh, I missed the list. Uh, fantastic wrestler. Lash the Rue. Love Lash the Rue. Um, the other pieces were fine, but, you know, I enjoyed the Misfits in action. It's a little ruined now because Bill DeMott is a, a dink and a bit of a jerk, so it kind of sours it on me. But either way, who are the Misfits in action taking on, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> the authors of pain. Are they still employed? Did they get fired? They might have gotten fired or released, rather. Um now, that team could have gotten over. We were talking about, you know, teams like the Vaudevillains. I do think that in with them being healthy and having the chance to shine, I think they would have worked. Size matters in the WWE. They're larger than life. They could have taken out, uh, you know, some of the bigger teams. They could have taken out New Day. They would have worked. They would have worked. And they get the win over uh, the Misfits in action. So. Misfits. Yeah, I can just leave it like that. All right. AOP advances. Oh, here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. You've been waiting for it. You've been waiting for it. You've been going, all right, you're doing these hot tags. I've heard from Glenn, who's amazing, and we love Glenn. We absolutely love Glenn. We've heard from Brandon Banks' voice, like an angel, silky, smooth, like chocolate, just delightful. But where is the man? Where, oh, where is the man? How did you go six episodes without having this guy do a hot tag you pretty much designed the entire gimmick of the hot tag around this man where is he well my friends i am happy to tell you he's here and i gotta believe he's worth the wait my friends I'm reaching out my hand. He's got the tag rope. He's reaching in. I'm fighting. I'm crawling. The heels got me by the legs, but I'm going to kick free and I'm going to do a dive. (sighs) Come and save me, Jeremy. Come and save the day. It's the hot tag. Originally formed in 1985 as Power Team USA and then later as the Freedom Fighters, Blade Runner Rock and Blade Runner Sting finally gained traction in the UWF as part of Eddie Gilbert's Hot Stuff International faction. The powerhouse duo were visually striking. 
The Mid-South Territory was known for being chaotic and rough, but Rock and Sting with their bodybuilding backgrounds were very different than the typical big brawlers of the day. While they lacked technical ability and experience, they worked a believable, snug style, which was what Mid-South fans expected. The team was short-lived as Rock moved on to Dallas to become the Dingo Warrior, but Sting's natural charisma set up his eventual babyface turn and feud with Gilbert, which propelled him to superstardom in the NWA. There he is. There's the man. The man himself, Jeremy, at EPL and NFL. Life is not going to get him down. He kicked out, just like Jay Lethal in those Ring of Honor commercials. Uh, Talking sense about (laughs) Dingo Warrior. What a ridiculous name. Uh, The Blade Runners, a team I wish I had been around to see. I would have loved the Blade Runners if I had seen them as a kid. Who are the Blade Runners taking on? I'm glad you asked. They are taking on... The Mexicools. I like the Mexicools. Psychosis, super crazy. I'm not counting Hooventude because Hooventude's a dink. But yes, the Mexicools were very good. Were they as good as the Blade Runners? Of course not. The Blade Runners get the win. Misfits and Mexicools, though. That would be a fun match. Psychosis, Chavo, super crazy. Lash through a great cruiserweight tag match in the uh, Constellations. All right, we're halfway home here. Thank you, Jeremy, again for the hot tag. Who do we have next? We, oh, my friends. Oh, my friends. On the pantheon of great tag team names, fantastic tag team names. Power and Glory, fantastic tag team name. The Road Warriors, fantastic tag team name. I'm sure there are others that I cannot think of at the time. Insert your favorite uh, tag team name. We're going to hear Strike Force, great tag team. Um, I'm looking at the list of hot tags that I have coming up at some point. The Sumerian Death Squad is an interesting name there. The Jurassic Powers are a fantastic name, but none are quite as good as what may be my favorite tag team name of all time. Two guys who have already been on this episode. Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, Vicious and Delicious. What a great day. Vicious and Delicious. Again, your big guy, your smaller guy. The confidence, the seriousness, everything I like in a tag team, I think, comes from Vicious and Delicious. Uh, Who are Vicious and Delicious just absolutely walking over in this? It's going to be a total squash. I love this team so much. It's, yep, it is. It's the Blue World Order. Having seen the BWO now, part of uh, 2020 was spent watching ECW, I have now seen the Blue World Order. I don't get the Blue World Order. Yes, I understand they were copying the NWO, but they didn't do a particularly great job of it. Um, Yeah, I'm not a BWO guy. So happily, we'll let the Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards get just destroyed by Vicious and Delicious. Next up, Jimmy and Ronnie Garvin. Again, I understand. I know who both of those people are. I can picture them. They are brothers in a wrestling sense. 
but I don't know. I've never seen a tag match with the Garvins. I don't know any of the stories with the Garvins. But this is, you know, Jeremy and Glenn and Brandon, we would have had people who had, we would have had to do hot tags every five minutes in order for me to get all of the teams that I don't know. So maybe they'll advance or maybe they won't advance and someone can send me some audio telling me why I was wrong because the Garvin brothers are taking on, well, you know, there was a small number of teams uh, that the Garvins could have beaten sight unseen. This might be one of them. Uh, Kenzo Suzuki and Rene Dupree. Lost years. Missed this whole era. I know. Again, I can picture both of these people. But never seen her. This is one of the few times where both teams never seen a match between both of them. Were this the season one, I'd call this a draw. Vicious and Delicious would get a bye. And we'd have to do some weird sort of triple threat match. But I'm trying not to do that because it was just way too confusing. So I'm going to give the win to the Garvins. Just because Ronnie Garvin's a former NWA champion. Jimmy Garvin's part of the Freebirds. Uh, Kenzo and Rene Dupree do not have any of that uh, cachet to their name. Uh, so the Garvins get the win. All right, let's move on. The Naturals. TNA, uh, Andy and Chase, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. I have to look that up. If I'm right, The Naturals, TNA. If I got that name right, Chase, Andy, yes, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. I have not thought about The Naturals in a very long time. Um, WWE, they were on SmackDown in 2008, losing to The Big Show. Okay, well, good to know. Uh, Yeah, The Naturals, TNA, uh, not my favorite team, but I remembered their names. That's got to count for something. Who are they facing? Oh. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. Uh, Malenko and Saturn, yes, clearly going to get the win here. They were a team with the Radicals. I think they won the tag team titles. I should know that because it was relatively recently that I watched it. But I'm so lost in love for Dean Malenko as the ladies' man kind of James Bond thing. I love that they, they gave him something to do. And he's doing a decent job being charismatic. You know, he's never going to cut a Foley-type promo, but he's doing a pretty good job with this gimmick. So Malenko and Saturn get the win. Uh, The number two seed is uh, The Bar. We are The Bar. Uh, Cesaro's second appearance on this episode, and they are taking on... (laughs) Oh, we're ending with a good one, friends. We're ending with a good one. The Bar taking on, in his second appearance on this page, Sting and Ric Flair. Because, yeah, Sting and Ric Flair were a team at some point in time. I think they were NWA Tag Champions at some point in time. The Bar versus Sheamus and Cesaro versus Sting and Ric Flair. That's a match and a half right there. Cesaro, on one episode is wrestling The Big Show, Kane, Sting, and Ric Flair. And we're a couple of days removed from Cesaro's excellent promo um, that he cut on Talking Smack that hopefully is going to lead somewhere. You know, he's in the Elimination Chamber next week. Everyone's hoping he's going to win. He's not going to win. I'm sorry, he's not. It's not going to happen. But he'll do well. Maybe he wrestles Big E. I'm guessing we're getting Big E Cesaro uh, for the title. 
maybe a two out of three falls. That'd be fun or something like that. Either way, as a tag team, I think I got to give this to the bar. They're a fantastic tag team, perhaps one of the best tag teams of the last 10 years. Um, Sting and Ric Flair, nothing wrong with them talent-wise. I forgot to write a name down. Naturals. Um, but as a team, they just don't have the history uh, to go with it. They're better opponents. If I was doing a tournament of best all-time feuds, Sting and Ric Flair automatically top 20, 10, you, you decide. Uh, plus, we get the Naturals versus the Nature Boy. That's always fun in the constellations. Page 12 is done to review our second round matchups. The Dudleys versus Mortis and Wrath. Just from an entertainment value, I'm excited. Authors of Pain versus the Blade Runners. Yeah. Vicious and Delicious versus the Garvins. Oh, yeah. Somebody better tell me why Vicious and Delicious shouldn't make it to the third round because they're gonna... And then Dean Malenko and Saturn versus The Bar. Again, a matchup I would pay money to watch on TV from the comfort of my couch because I don't like leaving or going anywhere. I was a little nervous. I got to tell you, we did the Garvins and Kenzo Suzuki and Rene Dupree. And in my head, I was a little bit panicked because I was like, I hope this uh, episode doesn't end on a whimper. I really hope we don't end on a whimper because... And then I got the naturals, and I went, oh, I really hope we don't end on a whimper. Malenko saved me a little bit, but that last match, we ended with a good one, friends. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, we're 12 pages in. We have 20 more to go. I can do math. We have 20 more to go, and let me tell you something, friends. Jeremy didn't send just one hot tag. He sent all his hot tags. I got tons of them. We might be on a little run of Jeremy. I've got some from Brandon. Brandon sent in, I think, all of his early. Brandon was the good old boy that sent his in right away. Voice like butter. Uh, Glenn's been sending him in periodically. His are always excellent. But Jeremy, who sent the intro to go with it, we're in for a hoot nanny of a time, my friends. I can't wait. Until the next episode. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. This chapter is closed. We'll see you the next time we go by the book.